Yes, we back in. We back in it. We back in it. DJ V Dot. Welcome to the V Dot and Friends podcast. I'm two months in, man. Kind of cool. Thank y'all for listening. Thanks for the uh, the plays y'all give me. Once again, shout out to my boy Most Most McFly on this beat. Um, I had a I had a week. Oh. A weekend, um, I decided to uh, slow down on my consumption of uh, alcohol uh, and in my nicotine also. Uh, alcohol, that's easy um, for me. I wouldn't say it's easy for anybody, but that wasn't always my my gig. I mean. I, I do enjoy the a nice gentleman's glass of Hennessy every now and then, but I felt like I was getting too stressed out about stuff, and I felt like I was going to it too much. So I think it's time to fall back. Plus, Christmas coming up. I got two kids. One's three. They're going to want everything they see on Disney Jr. and Nick, and Nick Jr. coming up here in the next couple months. Then a 13-year-old. That's probably going to want some Adidas and Xbox gift cards so he can just play whatever games up there with all his friends to all hours of the night. But, yeah, I had to slow it down, man. Not saying it's bad for anybody that does it. Anybody that likes to turn up. Shoot, it's cool to turn up. I'm just saying, for me, it's time to slow it down. Um, we did catch the <clears throat> Super Showdown here this weekend on... The WWE Network. How did y'all feel about that? It was... I thought it was cool. Uh, best match of the night, though, was uh, Murphy versus Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight Championship. They had that uh, Melbourne crowd on fire. And uh, I didn't know... Uh, I didn't think WWE was going to pull the trigger and give the championship to uh, Buddy Murphy, but they went ahead and did it, and I thought that was a cool moment. We'll see where that goes here, starting... Uh, Shoot, this week, 205 Live coming up uh, this Wednesday on the WWE Network. But uh, the Undertaker match versus Triple H, it was cool. I knew it was going to lead to Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement to wrestling a tag team match. Now, I know the world, including myself, I want to see a, a, a singles match with Shawn Michaels. Let me get one more of those. But who knows how this is going to go. We'll see. Uh, you see they brought uh, Degeneration X back. With another fire t-shirt. I think that's a t-shirt that I have to put in my uh, my card on WWEshop.com. But uh, wrestling was good. I, I did, uh, I don't know if you caught Raw and SmackDown. SmackDown was a good show. Raw was better than it has been in the uh, past few weeks. I'm glad they finally just listened to the crowd and let Bobby be Bobby. Let him be uh, that killer that really doesn't care what they have to say. 
Another shout out to my man Leo Rush, you know, Mr. 205 Live. Smackdown was good. Um, I'm glad. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with this whole Daniel Bryan and uh, AJ Styles at Crown Jewel. You think they're going to add uh, The Miz to it? Make it a triple threat? You know, uh, I guess the fans aren't really happy with Babyface, but first Babyface in a, in a match. Me personally, I like it that way because you're just going to get an a athletic match. It's going to be a, one of those... What's that guy's name? The guy that everybody's on his meet about rust. Oh, Dave Meltzer style match. He still wouldn't give it five stars, though, but that's neither here nor there. All right, so this week, uh, you know I'm always on this WWE random pay-per-view generator. This week, I ran into the King of the Ring 1997. Now, this is the first time I've watched this pay-per-view. I was a I was a WCW head growing up. So, 97 King of the Ring, that was about the time Sting was slowly making his way back. Lex Luger beat Hulk Hogan for the championship even though he lost it pretty much a week later. So, I this was my first experience with this. Um so they had the semifinals and the finals on the uh show. The first match was Ahmed Johnson Versus Triple H, and he had China on his side. Now, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Ahmed Johnson now. Uh, he's done a, a few interviews as of late saying the click was uh, the reason why he didn't really break the glass ceiling in the WWE. And I think he even said Shawn Michaels was, was playing on both sides. Like, you know... Some bitter, some bitter people sh- stuff, you know, not really important, but I really was, I was never really a fan of Ahmed, and I know I'm supposed to, because I'm black, I'm supposed to like every black wrestler out there, Ahmed didn't do it for me, man, that won't it, and then especially when he came to WCW, and he was uh, at Harlem Heat, once Booker T had left, and uh, Stevie Ray got out the NWO, he brought in Big T. And Big T kind of looked like uh, Kelvin Benjamin when he uh, reported to the Panthers training camp this year, looking like 380. It was horrible. It was horrible. But uh, it was a good, it was a, it was an okay match. Uh, Triple H ended up winning the match with a pedigree uh, with interference from China. The uh, next match, which um, I don't get, but hey, it was uh, the Jerry the King Lawler versus Mankind. And another guy right now, I'm not I'm not really too fond of. I don't know if y'all saw um Pro Wrestling Sheet. They posted a video at uh with Jerry the King Lawler at the Trump rally. I mean to each his own, whatever you whatever you feel, but eh, 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 we'll leave it at that. Um But this match was uh it started like I thought it was gonna be a squash match. It was a good ten minutes of Jerry the King Lawler walking to the ring calling every name to everybody in the crowd. Mankind finally got a hold of him. Uh, and Mankind was, uh, I guess, the baby face in this, uh, in this match because he recently did that interview with Jim Ross and how he was Mrs. Foley's baby boy, wanting to go to uh, jump off the cage like Superfly Jimmy Snunker. He remember watch, watching that at an early age. Uh, kind of got, got Mick Foley over, of course. 
But uh, yeah, so Mankind definitely had the crowd with him. <clears throat> this match went, but it, it it went about 15 minutes too long. Uh, I didn't enjoy the match, even though uh, Mankind got the win with the Mandible Claw. So that was the finals of the uh, King of the Rings set. It was uh, Mankind versus Triple H. Then they went to uh, to the back. Brian Pillman is uh, hyping up his match that he's supposed to have with Stone Cold Steve Austin the following night on Monday Night Raw. To find Stone Cold behind him in the bathroom. Stone Cold beats him down, put his head in the toilet, flush it, give him that good swirly. That, I guess that was the thing to do in the 90s. Uh, rest in peace to Brian Pillman. He, the, I think his anniversary was this week, recently. I wish we was able to like really get to see how Flying Brian Pillman would have had his, his WWE run, man, because that was one of my guys in WCW. I, that was one of the first matches I, I saw. Um, like I said on the first episode, it was Wrestle War 91. When he, he was in a War Games match, he got powerbombed on the top of the cage by Sid Vicious. It was crazy. Uh, then next, they had a couple of preliminary matches before we got back to the finals. Crushing uh, Gold Dust. Then he had his uh, manager wife at the time, Marlena. And you know, uh, he had recently also had an interview with uh, Jim Ross about his whole life. Um, from what I've read and from what I heard on different podcasts, this was a time that Dustin and, uh, or Gold Dust, and Dusty, his dad, Dusty Rose, weren't really rocking with each other over over his wife and um we see how that ended up in the in the near future but uh this was this was a good match this was classic classic gold well it was classic natural dustin Rhodes, you know from uh 91 92 and wcw bunkhouse stampede this damn dog here he scratched on the door right what you gonna do? You gonna barbecue or mildew? You gonna come inside? All right. So yeah, yeah. Back to gold dust and crush. <clears throat> where, where we at? Now, um, you know, back in the day too. That's another thing I want to talk about. They used to actually give props to where you came from on the commentaries, like they. Mentioned everything that Goldust did in WCW and who who he, who he was, and it, it made you care more about Goldust. This Goldust, I think, could have actually been like main event level, but they had other plans, obviously. And if the if the rumors are true about the click, there probably wasn't really room to get up into that top spot unless you were like a Rock or a Stone Cold. Uh, Goldust did end up getting the win. Uh, Crush, uh, this was like one of Crush's last matches on pay-per-view before he ended up uh, in the NWO. Uh, Crush was, was was a pretty good dude, too. He was a talented performer. I mean, I remember when he started with Demolition. Then he had his little beef with Macho Man. But he just he was just in that mid-card. I, I don't know what he was or how he acted to the right people. He never seemed to get that top spot. Never, he never was a main event guy either. He ended up uh, going back to, after the NWO fizzled out. He was, uh, I think, he got gold with Adam Bomb from WWE. They were uh, a team Chronic, 
ended up getting the WCW Tag Team Champions before they went out. Uh, next, they had a uh, Legion of Doom <laughs> along with Psycho Sid interview. Now, I don't know if you uh, know any of the great Psycho Sid interviews, how he just screams and... I mean, he, he sometimes makes sense, but there's a lot of videos on YouTube where he doesn't. You should go check those out when you got some free time. And then you have the Road Warriors also screaming, uh, doing their normal... Well... That's all I got. That's all I got. My mouth's dry. <laughs> but, uh... They were going to face the Hart Foundation, um... Davy Boy Smith, Owen Hart, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Oh, who was interviewing them was uh, Doc Hendricks, a.k.a. Michael P.S. Hayes. But, uh, yeah, the Hart Foundation came out. They did their little promos. And then as I'm watching this match, you realize that only four of the six competitors are actually alive still. Uh... Psycho Sid and shoot, Psycho Sid. No, Psycho Sid was is it wasn't Psycho. Yes, yeah, Psycho Sid was the only guy left, right? Oh, and Road Warrior Animal. I'm sorry. I'm, I really apologize for that because Road Warrior Animal <laughs> actually started following me this week. Uh, check out his podcast wherever you listen to mine. I feel real bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Animal, if you if you ever hear this. I, I apologize. Um Yeah, I don't want that action. I heard you you don't you don't play. <laughs> you don't play. But uh this was a good match also. Wish I had watched this match back in ninety seven. Maybe I had a different W uh perspective on the WWF. Probably would have peeped it a lot more, but and the underrated performer that night on that match was Jim the Anvil Nyhart, man. Like the way he moved in the ring is I think is one of, is very underrated. He was a, a great worker. I need to go actually check out a few more of Jim the Anvil Nyhart's matches, man. Um the Hart Foundation Hart Foundation actually got the win when uh Owen Hart Sunset Flip Psycho said for a quick one, two, three. So that was the first that was about the first hour and a half of the uh of the pay-per-view. I'm gonna go get some water. I think my dog wants some water. Let me take a quick break and then I'll jump back in into the rest. Alright, so we're back. Commercial time. I think I need to go ahead and put the the good commercial music back on. That's Brought to you here by Anchor. Download the Anchor app on iTunes or Google Play. Search for the VDOT and Friends podcast, and you can actually leave messages on this here podcast. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at VDOT underscore V underscore DJ. Snapchat is DJ VDOT 757. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and wherever other podcasts are available. Rate me, uh, comment, give me a, a good subscription. I really would appreciate that. Uh, this is Wednesday when I'm recording this, and uh, 
kind of sidetrack because uh, Leo Rush is over here whooping Lince Dorado's tail. Leo Hive set uh, a symbol. Oh, he's going to try to just take the mask off? Can't take the mask off, man. You know, that's you're my guy, Leo, but man, that's too much. That's too much. But uh, like I have been saying before, um, I'm still looking for that logo for this VDOT and Friends podcast. Something cool. I mean, I've changed it up recently, but I don't want to go with that one. Um, I want something kind of more original, a little bit more me. So if you got that, uh, if you're one of those creators that can use a pen and a pad or a marker or a paintbrush or however you uh, make art, shoot me uh, shoot me some designs on uh, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Uh, you can actually email me at vincentcreekmore at yahoo.com. Uh, let me see some of your images. If I like those images, I will contact you, of course. We can talk some things and then... I'll send you a shirt. You know I'm going to get my shirts done at Beach Imprints. Uh, Beach Imprints does all your screen printing needs. Uh, great rates. Fast turnaround. Uh, you can email them at beachimprints at outlook.com. Uh, that's B-E-A-C-H-I-M-P-R-I-N-T-S at outlook.com. Or give them a call at 757-303-7178. Been working out a little bit lately too. Uh, might have to even holler at Chris to get some of his uh, off of his line of genetically altered uh, athletic wear. You can definitely check him out on uh, Instagram, see some of his work. But uh, let me. This dog is here scratching at this door again. Let me uh, see what this dog wants. Maybe I'm gonna have to take him outside for a second, and then we'll finish up. The King of the Ring, 1997. Freckles, you good now? I can finish this up? You cool? You don't have anything or anything you need to do? You pooped? You peed? Did everything? Alright, cool. Let me finish this up. Then I'll get back to scratching you or whatever you would like. (laughs) Uh, two quick things. Uh, first thing, um, shout out to my homeboy, Most McFly, for uh, doing my intro for me. I hit him up one day and said, look, man, I need something to pop off for this VDOT and Friends podcast. I'm going to give you an idea and go ahead and work with it. And he definitely delivered. Um, he's been producing uh, for a while now. Um, if you're a rapper or you got some things you might want some beats for, hit them up on uh, Instagram at Most McFly. That's uh, M-O-S-M-C-F-L-Y-Y. Um, also, if you're in the uh, Pennsylvania area, he has a show coming up on November 2nd at Walsh's Tavern. Uh, he's probably going to get his little one-man show, bring out the MP3, make some beats, probably spit to him live right in front of you. But yeah, that's follow him on Most McFly on Instagram, uh, M-O-S-M-C-F-L-Y-Y. And also, do y'all do y'all get down with Impact? Do y'all get down with uh with Lucha Underground? I know at the beginning of this, um, I said I was going to try to review all of them. That is a lot of wrestling in a week on top of the other things I do. 
but uh, maybe here in the next couple of weeks we can uh, go over maybe the whole season of this uh, Lucha Underground, uh, what is it, season four? I'll try to catch up on that here in the next couple of weeks, and um, we can chop it up off of that. And always, if you have anything to say, make sure you uh, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at v.the underscore the underscore DJ, and at Snapchat at djv.757. All right, let's go ahead and finish up uh, part two of this here, King of the Ring 1997. So uh, Mankind and Triple H battle next for the, uh, the finals of the King of the Ring. Now, Triple H and uh, Mick Foley, they always have good matches, and this was nothing different. Uh, Foley took a pedigree through a table, one of those old-school tables they used to have before the Attitude Era started. You know, just a regular old wooden folding table with two uh, square, square silver TVs. Yeah, Mankind went through that. Um, took a couple more bumps on the floor, tried to get back inside of the ring. China hit him with the scepter. Uh, the King of the Ring scepter. But he ended up losing eventually to another pedigree in the middle of the ring for the one, two, three. Triple H was your King of the Ring champion. Or King of the Ring winner for 1997. Now, little known fact, Triple H was actually supposed to win in 96. Uh, but due to the events that happened a few months prior, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the curtain call. I'll explain it to you real quick. The curtain call was uh, a moment that happened in Madison Square Garden. It was the last night that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, uh, then they were Razor and Diesel, uh, Razor Ramon and Diesel. Uh, they were leaving the company to go come back to WCW uh, to eventually start the NWO and start the Monday Night Wars. Well, Razor Diesel, Razor Diesel, Triple H. Shawn Michaels and the one, two, three kid, later known as X Pac in uh, in '97 or six in the WCW when he was part of the NWO, they were called the Click. Uh, Lex Luger dubbed the name for him because they always stayed together like a little pack. Uh, they used to do a little symbol where they put their two middle fingers to their thumb and had their outside fingers up in the air, kind of like a wolf. Um, Rumor has it that they actually got that from Mr. Perfect and Wade Boggs. So all those Bullet Club guys that's doing it now, um, thank Mr. Perfect for that. <laughs> but anyway, the curtain call was the la there was their last match. Um, I can't remember who was actually in the last match. But after the match was over, uh, Shawn Michaels was a good guy at the moment. Razor Ramon was also a good guy. Diesel or Kevin Nash and Triple H were playing the bad guy characters. So at the end of the match, you see Shawn Michaels and Diesel hug. Out comes Scott Hall or Razor Ramon with the, uh, with the two sweets up in the air walking down the aisle, followed by Triple H. Uh, one, two, three kid would have been there, but I don't believe he was on the show. Uh, so they all get in the ring, hug each other. They climb to the top of the, each corner. Everybody's out there throwing their NWO sign. I, you could probably find the video somewhere on YouTube. Just look up uh, the click curtain call. Or I believe it's actually on the WWE Network also if you want to take your time and look through the vault of that. Um, but during this time, they really couldn't punish Scott Hall or Kevin Nash. Couldn't punish Shawn Michaels because he was a WWF champion. So the guy that had to take all of it was Triple H. So they had him losing um 
lost to Ultimate Warrior in a pretty much squash match at a WrestleMania, his first WrestleMania at that. But he did his time. He ended up winning in uh, 97. If this didn't happen, though, would Stone Cold Steve Austin be in the position that he would be at this current moment in time? Because up next, we have uh, the WWE Tag Team Champions, the Heartbreak Kid, battling Stone Cold Steve Austin in a match just to see who's better than the other. Uh, this was a good match, in my opinion. Uh, it ended in a double DQ. Uh, due to Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels attacking referees, which brought the senior official Dave Hefner out, or Earl Hefner, uh, to throw out the match completely. Now, before this match all started, uh, Bret Hart flagged with the Hart Foundation, uh, came out to the middle of the ring to uh, issue a challenge for the upcoming In Your House 16 in Calgary, the Canadian Stampede. Bret Hart would like, wanted to have five of the best American wrestlers at the time in the WWF uh, to team up to go against the Hart Foundation in Canada. Uh, you can definitely catch that match also on the WWE Network. So we go to the main event. The main event was uh, for the WWF Championship. Champion was Undertaker uh, with Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer was kind of... What's the word I'm looking for blackmailing there we go blackmailing the undertaker to keep this secret that he was trying to keep in under wraps for years uh that secret would come out down the line as his brother kane but so paul bear was with the undertaker and farouk was uh with the original nation of domination you know had the two rap dudes do anybody ever do anybody know who the rap dude what their name was let me know on twitter man um d lo brown savio vega crush Feel like I'm missing some. Oh, Kama Mustafa, which will later be the Godfather, formerly Papa Shango, all flanked behind the ring. So the match goes on. Uh, Farouk ended up losing this match uh, due to the nation members arguing with each other about, I guess, who was next in line, who was the second under the ranks. Uh, ended up distracting Farouk. Undertaker wins with the Tombstone Power Driver. Now, if Farouk would have won this. He definitely would have made some history there, uh, being the first black man, first African-American uh, to be the World Wrestling Federation champion. Um, that wouldn't happen until about 98 when Dwayne The Rock Johnson pulled it off. Uh, but little known fact, because you know sometimes once people changes, change territories, they kind of forget who they are unless they're trying to build them as a baby face like they did with Goldust and Mick Foley. But Farouk was named was known as his uh, real name, Ron Simmons, in WCW. And back in 1992, he beat Big Van Vader for the WCW world title, becoming the first African-American in history to win, a win the big title in a major promotion. And that wouldn't happen again until another eight years when Booker T did it at Bash at the Beach. I think next week we're going to go ahead and talk about Bash at the Beach because uh, it sounds like... Uh, we need to discuss that. So next week's uh, podcast will be a review on Bash at the Beach 2000. But that's it. That was the uh, the end. Well, no, let me also say, well, Ahmed Johnson ended up uh, coming out at the end of the match, arguing with the Undertaker, uh, ended up giving him a Pearl River plunge, and that's how the show went off air. Uh, show was good. Show was good. Like I said, this was my very first time watching it. 
Um, I, I was very impressed with what I was seeing. I, I feel like I missed out on a good time of wrestling because I was so engulfed in the whole NWO story on WCW. Uh, you know, had Rodman out there. Uh, Sting was making his his intentions known that he wanted Hogan. It was uh, definitely a great, I say a great, uh, great pay-per-view. I'm glad uh, the random pay-per-view generator picked that one for me. And I will um, have to catch up on maybe some Raws after this or before. Well, I'll watch some Raws after this show just so I can see how the storylines played out uh, within this pay-per-view matrix, see how it flowed all together. Um, but if I was a, a Raider, I'd definitely give that a good four out of five. I enjoyed it. But uh, I think we're going to um, end that here with this... Uh, with this review of King of the Ring 1997. So shout out to Mike Canellis popping up on 205 Live, man. So that's it. Thanks again for uh, listening to this. Thanks for getting through the intro and... um actually uh listening to the whole podcast as always on social media follow me on twitter and instagram at v dot underscore the underscore dj snapchat dj v dot 757 next week uh, i think i'm gonna go wcw um bash at the beach 2000 like i said earlier in this podcast uh Farouk, or a.k.a. Ryan Simmons, won the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, becoming the first African-American to do so. And it didn't happen for another eight years until Booker T did it at this bash in the beach. So we'll go over that. But uh, y'all enjoy yourself this weekend. I'm going to watch Collie Buds. He's going to be at the little brewery up the street. So let's see how that goes. Uh, me chilling and around a whole bunch of uh, bearded up beard people <laughs> but as always y'all take it easy and I catch up with y'all next week <laughs>